learn something new every day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dedicated student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Ms. Bryce Johnson. I would like to welcome our new interns, Danica Palmer, Raymond Ruiz, and Cynthia Alburez. And I'd like to welcome them to our team. Look forward to working with them through the end of this school year and next school year. And today on the show, I am pleased to welcome back my monthly co-host, Palm Springs Unified's Coordinator of Visual and Performing Arts, Barbara Anglin. Welcome back. Thank you, Joan. And we're at the end of the school year. Absolutely. And we are, of course, very proud to welcome back one of our favorite annual guests, Ms. Kaisa Thurston Frary. She is the Vice President of Education at the McCallum Theater. Welcome back, Kaisa. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And always a pleasure to have you on the show. So, Barbara, here we are. Finished up another school year. Are we getting older and so things are speeding up or did this year really go fast? Um, I probably both, but I, I think the former is so, so true. I mean, you know, when we were kids, years lasted forever and um, even young adults. And now they just, you know, one goes into the next and if we blink, we miss it. And it's, it's, a, it's actually kind of sad, but you know, um, our, our kids are feeling the way we felt when we were their age. So they're enjoying. And for us, it's just going too fast. Just got to live in the moment, live in the present. Yeah. I don't know, though. There's something about, I think, being back after the worst of the pandemic, right? Because I feel like you're right. This year went super quick. But it's also almost like, did 2021 really happen? I I have to stop and ask myself that frequently because that that there's something very surreal about how now that things are a little bit back in the swing again, uh, you know, it just feels like where did that 2021 go? It's really true. Like, I think while we were going through it, it felt like it was because because we weren't doing what we what we felt comfortable with we weren't doing what we love to do and it felt like at the time it wasn't going that quickly but now when you look back it's like did we really just have two years of this and 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 it doesn't feel like two years it does it doesn't feel that long and you know what maybe you know i would i this would be interesting to ask I just said how quickly time goes for us and how slow it goes for the kids and I bet if we ask them about those two years or at least a year and a half of them being isolated and you know essentially locked down um, they would say that that lasted forever for them I, I, I bet I didn't I've never thought about it and now that I have I'm gonna ask some of them yeah maybe we'll do an informal survey <laughs> it, it, it's very interesting but um so Barbara you know at the end of the show we'll we'll do a little recap on you know, the last couple of months and, and how things have been way better and anything you want to talk about coming up in the summer. But for now, tell us about our guests. Well, I'm very pleased that through everything that 
we've been through that we were just talking about that our wonderful community art partners at the McCallum Theater were right there with us supporting our students through distance learning. They developed a wonderful online program with their teaching artists and continued through this year. And they, of course, it was professional and meaningful to the students and we're looking forward to having those teaching artists back in the classroom again next year. So Kaisa, uh, before we get into the aesthetic education program, how long have you been at the McCallum now? <laughs> I thought we stopped asking that question. No, we did not. <laughs> well, I have been at the McCallum Theater since 1993. Wow, and, and during the pandemic, you actually were promoted and became the uh, president of, uh, I mean, vice president of education. So that was exciting. It's been a couple years now, right? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of right before the pandemic, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for us, it was like really important to, when, when this all came down, actually the last performance that we had in the theater was a student performance on March 12th. Uh, 2020, uh, Wild Creatures, a beautiful musical theater play from, um, from London, Tall Stories of London, and it was part of our aesthetic education program. And, um, you know, those are partnerships that we have built over a long period of time. Um, and the first thing that we were thinking was how can we sustain these partnerships and, and be there for these teachers and students. And we had like one unit left that year. Um, so it, we pivoted pre pretty quickly. We decided that, well, uh, let's figure out how we could do this online. And so we had a, a dance unit left that year. Um, and some of our teaching artists were very hesitant, you know, saying that, well, hello, we are artists, we do this in person, and how is this going to work? And I know nothing about this. And, but we, we threw ourselves into it and had a very successful uh, unit that spring teaching to the planets by Backhouse Dance and got, wow. got such amazing feedback from our teachers and felt quite uh, inspired and encouraged by this. So at the end of that summer, 2020, I reached out to Barbara and said, we are doing this. We are offering our aesthetic education program as an online version and, and are you guys in, you know? Um, and I, we got a resounding yes from pretty much all of our partners. So- Wait, for, let, me, let me just pop in here for a second because you know, I don't know if it happens to you, but it happens to me that if I don't ask the question when it comes in my head, it's gone. <laughs> so um, forgive me for interrupting you, but I am amazed, and I don't think I knew this, that you actually came back and finished the unit in 2020, because yeah. it, took, it took us a while before we were able to, um, you know, we, we offered something right away, you know, after that um, spring break that didn't turn out to be spring break, but I mean, we, we, we did, you know, have packets and online stuff, but we didn't get to distance learning until it was probably May, Barbara, right? Yes. I mean, it, it took a while. So I, I really didn't think that there was anything that continued 
um, that we had started earlier in the year that it was just kind of like, okay, well, forget about all of that. And now we're just going to move into this, you know, something different to finish out the school year. And then next year we'll figure everything out. And to hear that you guys actually finished what you started and we're able to show that this can work. I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah, and it was very important for us to do that because our budget year starts on August 1st. And um, I pretty much knew that if we could not very clearly show that we could actually produce and implement something that was of great value, uh, our board was not going to be uh, allocating a big budget to education in 2020-21, right? So it was really, really important for us to, to grasp what we could do, figure out how we could do it well, and then actually get feedback that we could say, look at this, you know, this is not us, this is teacher so-and-so from, you know, Coral Mountain Academy, from Sunny Sands Elementary School, from Amelia Earhart, we have teachers in three Valley districts that are saying that this was of great value to them and their students, that we did a really great job. And so it was actually, it was vital for us to do it that way. Wow, all right, let's back up a little bit for people who are new to the program and don't, um, don't know what this program is. So give us an overview of the aesthetic education program who is it for and um how does it work and, yeah. and let's just talk about an overview and then we'll get into how you pivoted and what it looked like last year yeah and this and this year and, this year, right? and it's actually still running right so so it's a, a very it is we're not talking history here we're talking it's current but it's good to have a little bit of background so the aesthetic education program is a program where we teach to very specific works of art so each year we curate a lineup of performances and exhibits that stu students and teachers, well, teachers can select two for study in their classroom. And then the classroom teacher in collaboration with an assigned teaching artist from the McCallum Theater will uh, design a curriculum for the students so that they can explore the work and make discoveries about the work of art, about themselves and about the world as it connects to this work of art. It's an inquiry-driven approach, and it has a built-in professional development component for teachers. Although in the last couple of years, we've really solidly rested on the foundation of professional development uh, that teachers already have. We have been conducting some PD online, but we have not required professional development for teachers who are experienced partners with us. But usually in a, you know, in a regular times, teachers come back and take professional development with us every year to refresh. And also because this is not a static approach in collaboration with teachers and students every year, we discover new things about how we can work together and make this more engaging and, and uh, significant for students. So there's a certain amount of community building around these ideas that we want the arts to be present in young students' lives and that uh, they really should have an opportunity to engage in an inquiry-driven way. Uh, so professional development is a lot of fun, actually. And it is, I would say, um, 
what really moves this approach and our program and the community of practitioners uh, forward. Uh, so, but okay, Barbara, how many um, how many how many classes do we have participating in the program and what grade levels? So it's fifth grade and it's every single fifth grade in all 16 elementary schools. So you figure, you know, 25 to 32 students per classroom times, you know, average of four fifth I, grades per school. Don't we have a few schools that it's the whole school, that's not just fifth grade? Right. Uh, Ranch Mirage Elementary and Sunny Sands are um, all school, are all the whole entire school. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Kaisa, the, the um, is the the fifth grade program different from the what you, you give to the two schools that are full board? Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, the 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 methodology, the practice is is the same. It's a little bit different in that fifth grade project classrooms. Uh, only undertake one unit of study in a year, whereas our full version partners, um, they explore two different works of art. But, you know, we have developed such great partnerships with some of our fifth grade project schools that some of them have opted to, to explore more than one work of art. Um, so uh, I would say during the pandemic, they have felt very uh, uh, equal um, as far as being invested in working with us and having the students you know, engaged in this way. And we picked works of art you know, for, for this time period that we felt would really resonate with students. Um, so one particular uh, play that was very, very popular with our fifth grade project partners was The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane which we based on based on how how teachers were you know evaluating those units in 20, 2021 we decided to continue to offer it in 2122 um, it has to do with uh, feeling seen and loved and appreciated it's uh, it's based on an award winning book where students can be reading the book. It's about this porcelain rabbit, Edward Tulane, who travels through life and uh, changes owners and uh, makes discoveries about who he is in relationship to the world and what love is and what being loved and loving means. And during this time, you know, where people have been isolated, that was a story uh, uh, that had a lot of really significant uh, themes that resonated with students in a powerful way. So. Um, that's just one example, but teachers have an opportunity to pick a dance performance. Um, right now, for example, our final unit of this year is a, is a dance performance that we are going to tour to some schools uh, where they'll see it live, where that is actually allowed at this point in time. And we also have a filmed version, um, and that is um, Backhouse Dance meets Vivaldi which is set to Vivaldi's The Four Seasons. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful work of art. And we are filming it then so that the students who are seeing it uh, in a filmed version don't feel like they're getting, uh, you know, just a film of something that others are seeing live. But the dance company is actually going into a studio and shooting it with multiple cameras so that even the students who are watching the filmed version will have that effect of seeing it from all uh, sides, which is what we do live in, in multi-purpose rooms. 
we see well, students on four sides. So um, what about the, so does it work where there's there's one class and then they see the the work and usually it's at the McCallum, right? I mean, you in a well, typical year, they would go take a field trip to McCallum. Yeah, yeah. So in a typical year, most of the focus works are experienced here at the theater, but some we always tour because we've come to realize that some schools have a hard time, you know, taking two trips in one school year. Um, this year, we've also offered an electronic exhibit of uh, portraits. Uh, and I think that one big discovery about, you know, all of a sudden having to present performances online and picking things that reads really well, you know, on a screen is that we've discovered that it's doable. And certainly it does not compare to coming to the theater or seeing a live work of art at your school, but it is very, can be very rich. And so I think we're gonna continue to offer some um, online, um, options in the future. Joan, um, of course, watch some of these. Um, and the classrooms are full online at what you know, it was a distance learning and engaged. And it was beautifully done. And it was great experience for our students. Are the classes live? The classes have been uh, on Zoom, but in real time, right? So, right. so like they can ask questions. Yes, it's, and it's, yeah. it's interactive, you know, so this That's approach right. is always inquiry driven. So the teaching artist is all about setting in uh, a process in motion that will have the students explore and discover. So it's very interactive. Um, and, you know, what we've heard from teachers is that, wow, we, we had no idea this was going to feel like this. <laughs> and actually, I think a big, a big, uh, you know, really positive sign at this point in time is um, that a couple of schools, well, in your district, the, the policy is still that you cannot have on-campus visits from artists, right? But in other districts that we're working with, they can. But one school, even though they could, you know, have the, the teaching artist uh, come and have the work of art be performed in their MPR, decided that they wanted to stay online. And at first I was like, well, why? And then I'm realizing that, wow, that's really a huge testimony to the quality of what we're delivering online. That they're, that, that they're saying that, you know, we're just gonna finish off the school years. We're gonna stay online just because it feels safer for us based on where we're at with our students and teachers here. But next year, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be back doing it in person. And when I, when I thought about that, I thought that's really remarkable, you know, that, totally. that yeah, yeah. So I have yes. to say also a testament to the McAllen's program is when, you know, we pivoted back in 2020, Kaiza and I talked and we decided that we'd let schools and teachers decide on their own if they you know, how they could manage and because this is all new to bring in the McCallum virtually. And we had, a, they, we had an overwhelming response of like more teachers than we thought participated because we made it voluntary and 
um, you know, it was hard for teachers balancing learning how to do distance learning and, and they embraced having the McCallum be a part of their, their day. I'll tell you what though, I would bet that being in the situation we were in and being in distance learning that there's a bigger need mm -hmm. for that kind of program these kind of programs, because there are others, um, maybe not as good, but you know, different kinds of programs. And in that kind of time where kids were at home mm -hmm. and uh, you know, what they, they needed that even more. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really surprised that, you know, our teachers said, we'll figure out how and when, because we need this. And so I, I can't, uh, that's so, it, it shouldn't surprise me because I've been witness to what you guys have done, Kaisa, over the past, you know, how many years that you've been working with us. And you always rise to the occasion and, uh, and come through with brilliant programs. And it, Barbara and I have talked about this on other shows about the silver linings of the mm -hmm. pandemic. And there aren't all that many, but there are certainly a few, one of them being that we found that the virtual environment is, is very workable and, um, and can fulfill a, a great need and serve a lot more kids mm -hmm. because of logistics and money and all of that stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's something, you know, we, we were probably headed in that direction anyway, would have taken a whole lot longer and there would have been a lot more trepidation about it. We didn't have a choice. We, no. we needed to, to do this. And we found that, hey, you know, that yeah, there could be technical glitches, but by and large, it works. Yeah, yes. And, and, and it's, I, I think it'll allow us to be a lot smarter about certain aspects of the work that we're doing in the future. Um, it, it'll be, a, we'll save a lot of time in certain areas. Uh -huh. um, for example, you know, we're thinking that planning meetings probably even will continue to be held on Zoom and everybody right. will love it because yes. it will allow teachers at the end of a workday, you know, to get themselves home or get themselves and, and you know, not have to stay and, and, a teaching artist in the past have been driving, you know, maybe right. five minutes to get to a planning meeting. That's like one hour long. Right. We've talked about that too, about like, you know, how often we go to Riverside for an hour long meeting and it takes us just as much time to get there and just as much time to get back. It's more travel time than the meeting itself. Yes. yes. And you look at the resources that get used up in that and that's just not very smart. Right. So there's so much to be grateful for. Um, and, and, and what we noticed, you know, in our online units, especially when the students were still home, was that they actually thrived and, and they became more creative. And so because they were in the safety of their own home and they were not in a classroom with a bunch of other students. So there was like no holding back. So when the teaching artist said, well, take five minutes and go off and figure this out, you know, put so-and-so together and come back and show us what you're thinking that your, um, you know, little choreographic phrase or whatever it was is going to be look like, you know, and that kids felt like they had freedom and, and 
also what we realized was that, well, we can create activities that has an added layer so that those students that really get into it can continue to work on it when they're home. And they did. You know, I had teachers call me and say, can I meet with you? I want to show you my Flipgrid. I have, and this was actually a Palm Springs Unified student. I want to show you this. I have a student and she went home and she directed her entire family. She created a play based on the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane. And she engaged her little brother and sister and her mom and she filmed it all and uploaded it to Flipgrid. And I'm sitting in a Zoom meeting, you know, with one of your teachers and she's showing me, look at this. She must have spent hours upon hours and look at what a director she is. Because in the course of filming it, she's also, she's not only in it, but she's directing her family so that they are playing the roles that, you know, that, and so those are the kinds of things that we discovered. I've been looking at more Flipgrid videos of kids creating dances and this fantastic video of a, of a kindergartner and his dad Aww. who are dancing out, you know, a, a choreography based on certain you know, problem solving prompts then. And the mom is filming and then they're uploading this to, to the teacher's Flipgrid and the teacher is sharing it with me and saying, look at this. I mean, wow. such creativity. And, and that probably that likely wouldn't have happened if they didn't have that private time, like you said, because they wouldn't have even thought about it or they would have been intimidated by their, you know, their classmates and just being in a public setting. That's, yeah, for the that's amazing. And the parents get involved. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so those are, you know, so those little discoveries then, you know, we're going to go, well, how can we, okay, so that's not going to be the same thing, but how can we add layers then to our units that still will sort of invite those things to happen? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I, we, you know what? I mean, like I, Barbara, you're cut off. You'll be able to, you'll, we'll reflect and talk about the summer next month because we're we're almost out of time uh, because <laughs> oh this always happens when Kaisa's with us but in the last couple minutes Kaisa so um open call which is always a highlight for the entire Coachella Valley because uh we have you know you have local talented people from you know five to eighty or plus that mm -hmm. come out and audition and are able to to show off their talents and then they can win prizes and, and you have people's choice award. And it's great fun. It's a great fundraiser for aesthetic education. And you weren't able to do it for um, two, one year or two years? Well, so one year. So the first year of the pandemic in 2020, we had already announced our finalists. So we felt we needed to do something. So we actually, uh, again, pivoted and we created we, we usually do a big cast ensemble finale number where everybody. Oh, I remember that. Together. That was great. Yeah. So, yeah. This year, that, so that year we created that finale as a music video that we right. shot outside at the Living Desert here in Palm Desert. It was really great. Okay, so you didn't have one in 2021, but you were back a couple months ago in 2022. How did it go? And yeah. um, I bet people were excited. 
people were really excited. It went really, really well. We opted to do only two shows. We had a smaller cast than we normally do, uh, and rightfully so. That we, we, we expected that because the theater has a vaccination policy in place that we had to adhere to. But we had a 35-member cast. Our youngest performer was eight, and our oldest was 90. Oh, see, I was, I, I just made that up and I was pretty close. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so eight through 90, um, 17 acts, and it was really, really a strong, strong show. Uh, they did beautiful work and they were so close uh, as, a, as an ensemble. They grew really close and appreciated each other and had a wonderful time. And that's a really, I would say, the main purpose of Open exactly. Call is to bring people together and create something that's bigger than each one of them, cultivate community. Um, and they, oh boy, did they have a fantastic time. And I'm not saying that because I observed it, but I'm saying it because that's what we're hearing back from all of them. Um, As always, I mean, and um, Tysa, what can I say? You are incredible. We appreciate your partnership so much. Barbara's nodding, but she, echoed, <laughs> she she wholeheartedly agrees. Can't wait to have you back. Can't wait till next year and see what you do next. Thank you for being here. Oh, and Barbara, Barbara, we'll have you back in July and Perfect. just see me and you. And we, we'll talk about everything that we couldn't talk about today. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We learn something new every day. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Kaisa and Barbara, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.